Warning, this podcast is uncensored and contains profane adult language. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Let's go watch it in 2D. No, let's go watch it in 3D. But if we watch it in 3D, then is it worth the cost? Daily Bats, I choose you. Say my name so my powers will become yours. I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. A lair. Yes. If you have a location, like on a cliff, like a castle-esque type thing. Overlooking some water. Overlooking some water, splashing on rocks and stuff, then we will take that. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf Vega, and today I have with me Mr. Jake Jarvis. And today we're reviewing Shazam, but with spoilers. So, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, go see it. And, you, and we'll be here when you come back. Yeah, just put pause and, uh, you know, come back after you watched it. If you don't really care about the whole movie being spoiled from beginning to end with the post-credits and mid-credits scene talked about, then you may need to uh, come back. Uh, or If you don't care about being spoiled from beginning to end, including the mid-credits and post-credits scene, then go ahead and continue on. But we're going to go ahead and add a uh, spoiler tag right now and before this so that way you know well ahead of time we're spoilers warning this podcast contains spoilers warning this podcast contains spoilers all right so the movie begins the 1970s i don't remember the exact dates was it 77 78 74 okay 74 i was totally wrong there (laughs) and um Young Shazava, Shiva, I can't pronounce that damn name. <laughs> Young Shavara. Silvana, I think. That's the thing with comic books. You never hear the name said out loud until these movies come out. So if you've read a character for decades, you get an idea of how his name or her name is said. And it normally doesn't match what the studio decides to do. So, um, yeah, we get him in a car with um, his father and his older brother, and um, he's just bored, and it's around Christmas time. Um, and, you know, he don't think, the only thing he has to play with is an eight ball. It's, I feel for him. Come on. <laughs> you know, they didn't have video games back then, the 70s. Well, they did, but not to the extent we have now that are portable. They were these little handheld devices that had low, that had, um, God, they had, it wasn't even 8-bit yet. It was like 4-bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was like uh, CGA uh, graphics. Um, like the Game & Watch and such. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so he's playing with the 8-ball, which is like, Oh, I feel so bad for him. Poor thing. <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't... You can only play with the eight ball for like 30 seconds and then you get bored, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then when he gets home, probably all he's got to play with is the uh, Odyssey. Yeah. Anyway, 
so he's playing with the eight ball and he sees a vision. His car turns into something and it fogs up and then he gets out and he sees a wizard and the wizard is, um, I guess, casting a big net, which is pretty interesting. Uh, interesting revelation here that um, there are multiple people that the wizard has asked to be Shazam. And um, so he realizes that Savannah is not a good person for this um, powers and casts him out of, um, and then he's back in the car and he's confused and trying to make a big lot of noise to his dad and his dad almost gets in the car accident, but then does get into a car accident and you get to see the dad on the floor of the ice. And I thought he was going to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it flashes forward to present day, which I was like, okay, what happened there? <laughs> you know, but we're going to eventually find out. And a young Billy Batson is talking to some cops and encourage him to go into a, was like a building or like a restaurant or something? Look like a pawn shop. Yeah. Pawn shop. And, um, he locks them in there and uses the police uh, computer to get information on where his mom is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Billy's trying to find his mom by uh, looking stuff up. So he uses the computer in the police car. Uh, and then he also try, he locks them in. And then he also tries to uh, send the other cops uh, away from the scene. but. They, the dispatch realizes he's talking to a kid, not a cop. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised by this opening scene with Billy. You know, he's not really being terrible bad. Once you figure out why he's doing it, it's like, oh, okay. You know, but at the same time, it, it doesn't sound like the pure of hearts that someone, you know, that the wizard was looking for, you know. Billy's always like super duper sweet and nice. And like in this beginning scene, he's like, you know, luring cops into a, you know, in <laughs> to a trap. Yeah, well, the source material this is based on, Billy's a real dick in this <laughs> version of uh Shazam. I mean, to the so the biggest criticism a lot of comic fans had about it is they said Billy Batson was never this much of an asshole. Uh, but yeah, in this run, he sure was. The movie, he's considerably nicer and and more rounded and has more depth. So, um, I guess he doesn't have a phone because he's a foster kid um, and doesn't have access to library computers or anything. So he's just desperate to find his mom, you know, and he's tired of being with Fosters, you know? Uh, well, yeah. Well, even if he has access to a phone, uh, it's probably what they call a Obama phone. So he probably has like 100 minutes a month on it. You know, not much to do searching. And uh, I don't know how Philly is with Wi-Fi, but... Uh, if you've got a phone like that, you got to hunt up Wi-Fi to have more than a hundred minutes on it. Yeah, so I don't think I ever see him use a cell phone in this movie at all. So I'm assuming he doesn't have one. 
Yeah, I would assume he doesn't either, because uh, not every cell phones aren't so ubiquitous that everybody has one. So, um, you know, uh, Young Billy is played by Asher Angel, and I really like him. I do like him a lot, you know. Yep. And um, he, eventually you see him talking to the foster, or um, not the foster, like I guess the, the uh, government, local government, who's taking care of the foster parents for him and trying to find people for him, and he said, you know, the foster, the what is it called? Child services, I think it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, we found a family for you. They're going to, you know, give them a shot. And, you know, he goes there and he meets up with his, you know, with them. And he's not really, he's kind of being bratty. And, you know, he wants to try to find his biological mom. And that's the main thread in the movie. And, um, you know, it's understandable. He's you know, hasn't been with his mom for years. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's a detail that bugged me too. Cause, uh, in the foster system, they look for any way to get a kid out of it. They, they should be looking for his mom like crazy. Cause they don't want to, uh, have to spend their limited resources on a kid who's got, uh, a mother who is not been ruled unfit by the court or father so, yeah, yeah I, uh, thank you uh i need to remember that fathers t- are legit too uh and so uh it just that seemed a little weird to me that that's a detail they 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 spend all this time building this up but they never mention anything about the mother being ruled uh unfit or anything. Oh, we also got to mention to um, you know uncle or aunt because Spidey is taken uh, care of by his uncle, you know Ben and Aunt May. So you know any other um, you know family member that could take care of you know the fa- you know the the child protective services would try to get them connected to them first, and then mm-hmm. get someone there. You know you don't want like a you know. It's kind of the whole plot of a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, anyway, um, he meets this new family, and they seem really nice. Um, they are. They are awesome. Like, the mom and dad are really warm, and I just, the dad, um, played by Victor Vasquez, or is a Co- uh, called Cooper, I think, mm-hmm. and um, the mom, Martha, they are, um, oh, they uh, he plays Victor Vasquez and that's Rosa Man Vasquez. Those are the character names, and Cooper and Martha. They're so warm and so nice and so loving. They're just amazing. Like you want to just give them a hug. You like, you guys are great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they destroy decades of negative portrayals of uh, of fostering in movies and TV, and they have infinite patience you know and um so you get to meet um one of the new kids on the block or oh the new foster kids that is going to be living with young um and that's his brother and his brother i really like him too Mm -hmm. freddie freeman yeah um try and get the actor's name here 
Um, he really is a standout. Um, Jack Grazer is the name. Yeah, Jack Dylan Grazer. Yeah. Um, you know, he is basically like a super comic book nerd on screen, and he knows everything about Batman, Superman. His prized possession is a bullet that has come off of Superman. That's you know, and he loves that. And I thought that was adorable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fanboying hard, and it just shows you how fanboying superheroes would be like if they really existed. They would be treated like uh like like sports uh figures. Oh, and uh, Freddy's wearing a Superman shirt in this whole movie. I actually have that Superman shirt. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he wears a couple of different superhero shirts in the movie. So he's like fanboy all the time. So I, in some ways, I can really relate. <laughs> um, and he, you know, is uh, handicapped. Um, or was, is that the right term now? Or is it? Yeah. Um, uh, we're not, we're not going to use the c word which he used a few times uh which the audience i saw it with gasped when he said uh crippled um or except for that one time there we used it yeah but um i i just said it so uh you would know which c word like going why would he uh because there's another c word and i wanted to make sure we knew we were all on the same page here uh, I'm going to have to put the language thing on this one. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so um, he is not 100% able-bodied there. Yeah. And, you know, he goes to school with Billy, and Billy goes to school, and they go to lunch, and, like, you know, the school is, like, basically a way to cement that they're kids, but, like, I never really had a, a good sense that he was in school. Like, he didn't have homework. He didn't have tests. You know, they don't have those kind of scenes in this movie, which I think it would have worked a little bit better if it did. The school existed as a as a conduit for gags. I mean, the school is named Fawcett Central, which is a, a, a callback to the original publisher, of uh, Shazam, the superhero formerly known as Captain Marvel. Uh, They were published from uh, the 30s through 53 uh, by Fawcett Comics. And um, so they're talking about lunch and what superpowers they would want. You know, I get, I totally get that. Um, You know, at the same time, you know, I just met you a day ago. Can I get to know you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me yeah. how the school is? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, tell me who the bullies are so I know who to avoid. Which? Which I, which I said, the school exists as a conduit for humor. Uh, so uh, you get your standard trope of uh, bully and bully best friend. Uh, terrorize them and of course I'm sitting there going okay this movie set at Christmas why in the hell are they still in school don't doesn't this school have a uh, winter break yeah when is it is it like December 1st or the 2nd or something 
You know, it's near Christmas time, but we don't know how close. Of course, the way they put Christmas decorations up, this could be October for all we know. (laughs) It could be like a week before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Exactly. So, but. So, um, yeah, we we get to um, they leave school and Billy and. His brother, or brother, foster brother, um, Freddie, are, are be now being bullied, and Freddie is getting beat up by the bullies for no apparent reason, just because they're jerks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just two pairs of assholes shitting on everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the trope. You know, they have no excuse. That's what they are. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, so then Billy gets, you know, the, um, part of the, what is that thing called? A a brace, I think it is, right? Yeah, it's a brace, yeah. And beats the crap out of him. Yeah, using the brace. And, you know, to be, it's like, hey, you don't need to do that. Freddy doesn't deserve that. And Billy runs, and then, you know, they run after him. He gets onto the train. and Yeah, he jumps into boy gets on a train and sits back and then uh the wizard summons him yeah um so then in a hilarious little scene like the door opens and like he sees um on the side of the wall it's like is this my spot <laughs> i don't know where this is at <laughs> you know just a little touch like that is just so perfect i love that where you know he doesn't. This doesn't look like you know downtown Philadelphia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and he goes out there, and you know he hears the wizard, which is played by uh, the great Damon Hansul, which you may know him from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he was also in Captain Marvel. <laughs> The other Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, but he's in heavy, heavy makeup with a long beard. So you do not really recognize him in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. In Guardians of the Galaxy, he's the guy that um, tries to arrest um, Star-Lord. And he's like, I'm Star-Lord. And he's like, who? 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 So... Anyway, he is like, I've been looking for someone to, you know, and give me the your power. Give me, give them the powers. And um, so Billy's like, okay, and say my name. And he says, uh, grab my staff. And he goes, grow. And Billy goes, grows. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's exactly what a fourteen-year-old boy would say. <laughs> exactly. That got one of the biggest laughs in the movie. Um, I mean, I would be curious what's going on, but I wouldn't be like, okay, stranger danger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he says Shazam, and then he becomes the superhero hero Shazam, and um, the wizard dies, and he doesn't get to really be explained what's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's every I tell every version of this story. Every reboot, the wizard just leaves a mortal coil, and uh, poor Billy Batson 
is left on his own to figure this shit out on his own. <laughs> and, like, you know, they, like, show off the different statues of, um, what is it called? The different versions of man's hate or something, right? Yeah, the, oh, these are the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Um, and then you see in here, like, a globe of energy globe and a little caterpillar that's reaching for it, but it's, like, frozen. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, what's going on there? And eventually we get to there, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little terrarium that's got a caterpillar in it. Um, now, any Shazam fans would know that caterpillar is actually from another planet. Uh-huh. That's Mr. Mind. And uh, is it from Venus? Mm-hmm. And it's quite a powerful yeah. little thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was introduced in the um, first long-form comic book story, The Monster Society Evil, which ran for about two years. Yeah, it's like telekinetic powers and is a, a super-duper mind. Um... Yeah, kind of think... Yeah, think... Pl- to give you a modern reference, think Plankton in SpongeBob cartoons. Yeah, I think that's a really good basic way to say that if plankton was got his shit together <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you'd be mr mind yeah <laughs> because you know it's just a hamburger recipe i'm sure you can figure out a way to make a better hamburger than mr Krabs yeah, plankton it's not that complicated yeah how hard could crabby patty be fine make something better than the crabby patty plankton <laughs> not that hard yeah, come up with the Krabby Patty Impossible Burger. <laughs> uh, or make the, you know, something else burger, whatever. Anyway, we then we hit back and we get, um, you see Dr. Savannah, Savannah, ah, Savannah, Dr. S, there, Dr. S, and <laughs> he um, is talking to someone, they're doing interviews. And the interviews, um, they're trying to find out where, you know, about if the wizard called them and, you know, it's, he's paying for like a study and like the person doing the study is like, yeah, seems like a lot of people are going through this. And you basically saying that the wizard has called lots of different kids over the years, over the decades to be Shazam and none of them have been good enough except for Billy. Well, I think Billy wasn't as necessarily good enough. He was just desperate enough. Yeah, so the basically the wizard Shazam has been traumatizing kids by scaring them and then rejecting them uh, with his call. Which is really interesting. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I was thinking that, you know, the wizard only called once every century or something and you know or only three or four times and that was it you know because we know one of the times becomes black adam which no reference here to that which i was kind of disappointed in yeah because the original source material this was uh the villain in this was uh black adam not dr yes savannah um People online are probably going to be like, damn it, can't you say his name right? 
<laughs> and I'm extending my middle finger out. You're number one. <laughs> um, yeah, we're kind of loose and goosey in this uh, spoiler cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if you don't like it, you can donate money for us to take uh, diction lessons. Our Patreon. <laughs> details will be at the end. Yeah, details are in the info box if you want uh, to donate money to help us this learn. To get diction, Lex. That's for us to learn diction. <laughs> we need to get educated. Yes. How to speak English. Yeah. So, you know, we learned that Dr. Savannah is um, trying to like break the code of whatever got, you know, the wizard's code with the hieroglyphs or with the symbols and try to gain access to it. And, you know, he's finding the other kids have over the decades, you know, seen this and, you know, piecing together their story to try to um, gain access back into the cave of mystery. No. Mm -hmm. Which he... Uh... Uh, the Rock of Eternity, which has a cave in it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, don't uh, Google image search Cave of Mysteries. You'll probably get some nasty stuff there. <laughs> or they might luck out and get some stuff from, oh, what's that Disney show? Oh, never mind. It's not. Uh, I'm brain dead right now. So uh, anyway, Dr. Um, Savannah writes his hieroglyphics, um, seven symbols, seven times on a door. And his um, assistant, the doctor, run, pretty much running the study, him trying to find these kids who've uh, had contact with the wizard. She touches the door and then promptly uh, disintegrates. Which didn't make any sense. <laughs> well, yeah, they lit up, so it does kind of make a little sense. Uh, and then Savannah uh, very slowly grabs the doorknob and turns and opens the door. Uh, gee, I would have at least put a glove on or something. You know, that's just me. Yeah, and now that the wizard is, is basically gone, um, he gets the orb right mm -hmm. yeah he just waltzes in we s notice the terrarium is smashed so uh mr mind is loose and he uh gets the uh orb and unleashes the seven deadly sins now the seven deadly sins was kind of really quickly passed over in this movie i feel like they could have done a lot more to explain what's going on with that. Yeah, but uh, some of them probably, some of the explanations might have not kept a PG-13 rating. Uh, well, the Seven Deadly Sins have always been problematic in the comic book because uh, initially they were called the Seven Deadly Enemies of, of Man and they never referred to lust as lust. Is a comics code. So, but like, are they like just demons that have those powers, or are they like the true representation of those things? 
okay, uh, they're based upon uh, the biblical uh, attributes because you know there's the seven deadly sins, then there's the heaven seven heavenly virtues, uh, which I'm assuming the wizards were supposed to represent those. Uh, and they, and it sounds like in the in this version of the story that the wizards kept the seven deadly sins in check. Okay. Just so that Waver knows, the seven deadly sins are pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Basically, everything that... Uh, <laughs> too easy joke, but everything that Trump yeah. is... is <laughs> The seven yeah. deadly sins. He's a pretty much a walking embodiment of the seven deadly sins. Anyway, um, so he gets that power, and now the seven deadly sins talk to Dr. Savannah and say, you need to get the power from Shazam, and then you'll have the ultimate power, which, okay. Yeah. Kind of not super explained well. Oh, uh, they're just using him, so... Th- uh, they're just giving him an excuse. They just want to make sure there isn't anybody strong enough to put him back into their uh, stone form. So, like, the, the sins... I'm kind of confused with this. That, okay, so they're in stone form, but they still exist in humanity. You know, you still have greed and, and humanity and lust and all those things are they just like demons that have that or or those that's where it gets kind of hazy for me do you know what i'm saying oh i know exactly what you're saying uh it's kind of like uh uh why is there a santa claus on every street corner (laughs) yeah so i just kind of it's it's mythological stuff if you think about it, it falls apart. So if you want your story to work, you let it slide. Otherwise, it's not going to work. I mean, it, that's just that's that's the bottom line. It's yeah. uh, they're a manifestation of evil, uh, and the big question is: Do they cause evil or do they feed off evil? Yeah, and uh, that's never explained. But is there an ex? But is there an explanation even possible? I mean, it's like the chicken and the egg. Yeah. So uh, Shazam is an acronym, by the way. Just in case any listeners at home don't know what that means, uh, Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shazam, the superhero, has the powers of the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. So he has super speed, he has super uh, strength, he has super agility, he could use lightning bolts. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be super smart, or omnipresent, or omni, or, or knowledge of the gods. It takes a while for the powers of uh, Solomon to kick in. 
we'll just say that. <laughs> it's it's basically whenever they need it to be hip-hop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, the powers of, and, and the lightning abilities are a recent addition, interpretation for the character, uh, which is a nice addition because it really differentiates him from Superman. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because, like, they're mixing, like, Greek and Roman gods and, like, um, judo-Christian beliefs of, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, oh, if you've ever seen the original serial, the cultural misappropriation is the only way to describe it. I mean, they just throw in every religion. I mean, you got Buddhism, Shintoism, Christianity. Um, the Kabbalah, all this stuff, they just throw it in a blender and just throw it out and just vomit it out. And it's hysterically, it adds a a level of camp that is laugh out loud. Awesome. Uh, it's, it's a great serial. So if you get a chance to see it, it's on, it's public domain. So you can see it on uh, YouTube. Uh, it's probably Republic's one of their best, uh, other than there's some unfortunate stereotyping that will, most people will just, your eyes will glaze over and you'll just power through it. You'll just shake your head that these guys need to be more woke. And then just, you got to remember this is World War II. Well, it's, World War II in Europe, but it's still the U.S. isn't in the war yet. Okay, because this was forty. The seventies one is like with him riding a van, right? In a Winnebago, <laughs> yeah. And his mentor is driving around in a Winnebago, and he talks to a a painting of this of the seven uh, gods, and and then they kind of talk back. It's like a clutch cargo sort of thing. Yeah, and like Solomon is not a god. <laughs> He's just <laughs> So it's kind of confusing their metaphors yeah. here. Uh-huh. And then they've got uh Greek and and Roman cuz Mercury and Hercules are not uh Yeah. Said it's it's a it's classic cultural misappropriation. Yeah, and it's always bad taste, bad form to mix gods together. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I say live dangerously. You know, they don't focus on that, but it's it's one of those things that they could have kind of talked about a little bit because, you know, poor Billy has no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he probably hasn't even studied these characters in school yet. So we go back to Billy. And um, he's now Shazam, and he goes back home, and he tries to talk to his brother, and his brother's freaking out, and um, yeah, you know, don't scream, <laughs> and of course he screams. Oh, and let's not forget he's in this, he's in his nice red snazzy outfit, and he has to get on the sub, the real subway. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody in Philly's like, "Hey, nice suit, asshole." <laughs> oh, I do love the touch that they actually have the um, lightning bolt light up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. 
Yeah, I think I read or I saw a video where they talked about how difficult that was to actually do. Like they actually have it attached to batteries in the back, so that way it stays to end up for the different scenes. And you'll also notice uh, there's a constant uh, tiger motif that kind of runs through the movie. Uh, I think this is a good time to point that out because you'll notice they're on the buttons of uh, Shazam's cape. They're like tiger heads. Uh, at the at the carnival where Billy gets separated from his a mother, uh, she's trying to win him a stuffed tiger, and then later uh, a tiger comes into play towards the end, uh, a, another stuffed tiger. Uh, I think they're setting the ground for a for a sequ- future movie, uh, the character talking Tawny. Who is a tiger? Yeah, a, t- a tiger that talks, of course. But uh, I don't know which came first, uh, uh, Tony that from Frosted Flakes or Tawny. I uh, I believe Tawny came first because I think he's uh, in the mid forties, and uh, Tony didn't wasn't until the fifties. So um, I actually do really like Shazam's outfit. I think it just looks great on screen it's bright it's beautiful and um mm-hmm. the double cape is kind of weird um you never really seen anything like that before you know yeah it's a very unique cape uh if you've noticed uh a lot of people don't realize this but elvis presley was very influenced by uh cuz um the captain marvel series was his favorite uh Captain Marvel Jr. was his absolute favorite character. In fact, he modeled his hair on the Mac Rayboy uh, illustrated version of Captain Marvel Jr. And his capes were, his, his, his famous outfit, his capes were loosely based on Captain Marvel's look. And his logo, uh, taking care of business, you know, the Thunderbolt, was based on Shazam's logo. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a big. Uh, was a big uh, Captain Marvel fan. So um, I do like that in this movie that they have his cape centered, and many different versions of Captain Marvel slash Shazam, his cape is askew to one shoulder, like it's on his left shoulder or his right shoulder, and I always thought it looked weird. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes he has buttons that are almost as big as his head, too. I always thought those kind of looked weird, too. So, yeah, they start testing out and and seeing what kind of abilities he has and what he could do. And, um, you know, he can't he doesn't know if he could fly or what he can do or can't do. And, um, you know, they test out the abilities at um, a gas station or like a 7-Eleven kind of thing. And... um, Mm -hmm. That scene is hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Or we were talking about the robbery. Yeah, so the robbers, you know, he's like, "Oh, like you go over there and, and stop them," and like he at first, you know, hides behind the thing because he doesn't remember that he's a superhero, so he doesn't try to save the day. And then he's like, "No, let's go," and then he's like, "Okay," he goes over there and like they try uh, to the robbers, uh, the robbers shoot his suit. And so all of a sudden, uh, they got all these bullets. Oh yeah, and we I guess we should mention Billy stole 
uh, Freddy's uh, Superman bullet and dropped it down a drain. And I'm like going, some superhero, he didn't check his abilities to go look for it. I mean, if I was Freddy, I would have shamed Billy into going to find my bullet. But that's yeah. me. So instead, uh, Billy creates a whole bunch of bullets with the help of these robbers. So Freddy's got all the superhero smashed bullets he could ever want. And then Freddy goes, uh, hey, the suit may be the one that's powered. Shoot him in the head so we can see if he's powered. <laughs> yeah, and the whole theater was just cracking up laughing because, you know, I, I was I almost cried because I was like, oh, yeah, obviously, but then you're going to kill him, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Billy deserves it because he lost Freddy's bullet. <laughs> I would think he'd be getting off rather easy if it was me. I mean, and then um, they're like, "Oh, I didn't get the shot." He's taking video. I'm gonna post it later on YouTube. It's like, here, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's like, "Oh, it tickles." Okay, your bullet immunity. It's like, okay, cool. And then he throws him out of the window, and then he gets the beers, and they can't. They don't like beer because it tastes bad, which. Understandable. I don't like beer either. Big, that got a big laugh here because these kids, they were just so, we're going to drink beer like adults. And they like, ah! I just roared laughing with the audience full of people with beers in their hands. Um, so after that, you know, the foster parents are trying to find Billy because he just kind of wandered off, you know? Yeah. Um, well, now legally responsible for him so you know yeah and they, they try to sneak shazam into the house and mm -hmm. um <laughs> it's so goofy but i love it mm -hmm. yeah and they're like billy and it's like oh yeah and then uh oh yeah another thing and then they get him into a room and he says the wizard's name and uh puts a hole in the house so i'm like going it's winter it's snowing snow melts so i mean dude, why isn't the house leaking with all these like lightning bolts coming through the roof and putting holes in the roof and stuff i was wondering about that too i was like okay does it does it just go through the walls or does it actually like destroy the the ceilings and stuff but it does destroy it you know yeah mm -hmm. and yeah and one of his uh foster siblings uh sees this this is darla probably one of the most precocious nine-year-olds i think she's about nine maybe she's seven uh that you will ever meet she's uh one of the highlights of the movie yeah she's and then you know she's really adorable there's a whole you know cast here of foster kids you know the fact the parents are just like Taking a whole group of foster kids, not just one or two. Yeah, yeah they're this is straight up like a TV show, The Fosters. I mean, you got these uh, two former foster kids who uh, are married, and now they want to uh, give homes to other kids like they were given a chance. This is yeah. like I like I said, this is one of the greatest depictions I've seen of uh, of fostering ever. Does a lot to uh, do away with decades of uh, evil portrayals 
to the point where it's almost become it's as an almost it is a trope. You know, yeah. everything from uh, the wicked step parent to uh, you know Hansel and Gretel type of stuff. And you know, of course, nowadays it makes sense that. It's a quite a variety of uh, children's races and ethnicities. You know, it's not just you know all white kids. You know, mm-hmm. which I think the original comics were just all white kids, but now they have you know different races, and it makes sense. I mean, foster kids are going to you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Fawcett books uh, were uh, unfortunate. Uh, they did perp- some of the stereotypes of the time. They kind of went into them so um so it's uh it's nice seeing a more inclusion definitely they make a make great strides in this uh version of uh captain marvel shazam of a more inclusion so um then they get to like a uh you know go back to try to go back to school and like oh you need you know come because he's starting to have videos, taking videos of trying to train and see superpowers and what they could do, what he can't do. And um, now that they know how to control when he becomes Shazam, when he becomes, go back to being Billy, you know. And we have to, we have to give credit here to um, Shazam. Zachary Levi just nails it. He nails this part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is the best part he's had since Chuck, and he hits a home run. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be known as Shazam uh, until the day he dies. Uh, I and think this is going to be the part he's going to be remembered for. Yeah, it's one of those casting that it just so perfectly. I do not question that Billy is in Shazam's body. Like, I don't question that the mind is there. Now, we do have an interesting question here. Um, is Shazam um, a different consciousness? Or is it just Billy in an adult version of his body? Or does he get, like, a different version of his... Uh, it, will Billy be a different adult when he grows up? Or is he the same? Or, you know, is there, like, a Shazam cell where Shazam has his own brain and has his own memories, but is controlled by Billy. That's where it gets kind of weird, but they don't ever, ever actually answer that mm-hmm. question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Well, the source material always kind of back and forth on that. Is Billy a separate person than the, the captain or are, you know, or the captain, an idealized version of Billy. Uh, even the auto binder, uh, the guy who wrote most of the original Fawcett stories, I mean, he wrote like 900 out of the nearly 1600 that were written, uh, couldn't decide and and played it both ways, depending on the needs of the story. So, yeah, it's kind of like a Hulk thing. Is it, you know, because Hulk and Dr. Bruce Banner are two very distinct characters, you know. So, it, it, you know, Hope Dr. Banner um, is becomes the Hulk, but he doesn't like he doesn't have full autonomy over the Hulk, you know. So that's kind of a, a I think the movie kind of makes it out that he 
I don't know if it's the adult version of Billy or if it's just the another character, you know. I don't know if they've ever seen a comic where Billy does grow up and if he does, you know, look different than Shazam, you know? Yeah. They uh, every time they show Billy grown up, he looks like um the captain. So, but that but the thing is there's also versions that you know that uh that he's definitely a different person. Uh, probably because uh, mm -hmm, like uh, like Keith Giffen when he wrote him in um, Justice League International, uh, he wrote him as Bill is basically being Billy. So uh, you know we get all this montage of him using the powers and trying to figure out what he can and can't do and posting the videos on YouTube, and you know, um, and Freddy... doing, doing performance to make money. Yeah, uh, which is a little bit tasteless, but, I mean, he's still a kid, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's 14. He's trying to get money. I mean, he can't exactly go get a job most places because you have to be at least 16. And, so his, parents have... scratch. <laughs> and his parents have no idea he's Shazam. Or, or <laughs> Yeah, just Freddy and Darla <laughs> so far. And um, so um, we get to trying to figure out everything that's happening. And then Dr. S um, gets back into here, Savannah, and he sees Billy and fights him in a mall. And Billy doesn't know, or Shazam doesn't know how to fight him. Mm -hmm. Panics and goes back to being uh, Billy and just runs away. Yeah, because that's a natural reaction of a 14-year-old boy. Who hasn't figured out how to access the powers of Solomon? <laughs> if only. Yeah. <laughs> if only that was one of his powers that he forgets he yeah. has. Yeah, yeah, wisdom. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, somewhere down this line, you know, he, Freddie, wants Shazam to come. Because now Shazam it has like a, a you know big following on YouTube and media presence, and he wants him to help out, um, you know Freddie at school, and he does you know take care of the car for the kid you know the, um, the bullies yeah destroys the bully's car that they use to run try to run Freddie down with, which is a great gag. And, uh, you know, they get to, you know, he's like, oh, I promise you to, you know, he wants to, you know, show off Shazam as his friend in school, but Billy doesn't want to do that, which is actually understandable, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it puts his identity at risk. He doesn't want the uh, Savannah to find him or figure out who he is, so he doesn't want to even be the captain anymore or Shazam and... He'll always be Captain Marvel to me. Which actually leads to Dr. Savannah actually figuring out who the family is. Which actually, mm -hmm. I do like that, that he figured it out. He he made sense that, he's like, oh, okay, that kid was there in the video feed. That kid, Freddy, oh. And he figured this out. And it's really smart, and it's good that he figured that out, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. Savannah is essentially like Lex Luthor, right? Oh, yeah. See, you'll notice that a lot of similarities between the Shazam characters and Superman characters. 
And a lot of that is because they shared the same basic writer, Otto Binder. Otto Binder didn't create um, Shazam, but he did create a lot of the characters. And Superman, he didn't create him, but he created a lot of the... Like, he, like Otto Binder created Mary Marvel and uh, Supergirl. And he based Lex Luthor's characterization on what he did for Dr. Silvana. Because before Lex Luthor was a thug, but under Otto Binder's writing, he became a mad scientist. Yeah, that's a very important thing to mention because the original Lex Luthor was a mad scientist. And, you know, now more modern versions, he's basically a, you know, capitalist pig that you know hates superman because he wants to be the perfect man or originally he you know was a you know mad scientist that would make inventions and make potions oh, and even and... before then he was just a thug a kind of a criminal in a purple uh, prison outfit you know ha 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 uh, yeah. auto binders who really fleshed out lex you know pumped up the scientist angle and then it was John Byrne who kind of made him the, the kind of the almost Trump-like figure. Yeah, the I'm the perfect man, and I'm the you know the, you know Superman. I hate Superman because I'm better than him. I was supposed to be the man of tomorrow, and this alien is taking away my you know thing, um, and everyone should know and love you know Lex. So. Anyway, um, Dr. Savannah here is okay as a villain. I think you get some basics of him, but I really feel like they could do a lot better, you know, to expand his character. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most richly defined villains in comics. Uh, and they used, like, are they saving it for sequels or what? I mean, in the comics, he has one of the best families i mean his four kids uh i mean are just so deliciously varying levels of evil and a couple of them switch back and forth uh i mean he's he's got the i mean because just the golden age comics of the of captain marvel and his family fighting uh sylvana and his family i mean it was comic gold comic book gold some of it was humorous too but i mean it was he's one of the richest villains in comics i mean he was the original mad scientist i mean that's where all the tropes come from on mad scientists is from him pretty much and of course he's inspired by Otto Binder said he kind of loosely he was inspired by a dr frankenstein so, um, you know, Dr. Savannah wants to get the uh, staff and he wants Billy to give him his powers and he uses the demons um, to help gain, like, to get revenge on his father in a boardroom scene that... Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, that one kind of shook me. I was like, whoa, they're going a little darker than I thought in here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, this scene is hard PG. 13 there's a head biting scene that puts 
the attempts of doing that kind of stuff and Venom to shame. I mean, it actually made me jump back in my seat. I was like, whoa, you know, that yeah. was more effective than any jump scare. Yeah, David F. Sandborg really pulls out the horror elements in this scene. Yeah, he wrecks that place, and all the demons go after all the board members, which, you know, I guess they're evil too. I don't know. <laughs> Savannah throws out his own brother to throws him out a window. And, um, you know, the one thing I have about the demons is that I feel like they're very kind of vaguely like a shadowy blackish color palette where I feel like they could have been more distinctive in how they appeared. And like they, they all kind of just looked the same ish. And, okay. you know, if there would have been different colors or different kinds of, it would have yeah, been a little bit better. That didn't bother me a whole lot other than the movie being so visually dark uh, made them hard to see. But I did, in concept, they were a nice contrast from how bright and colorful uh, Shazam is. So that, there was a nice contrast there, but it didn't work so much because the film, the cinematography was so dark. Yeah. Which um, demons hard to see. Yeah, so it could have been a little bit more defined there, but, um, you know, we get to the point where Dr. Savannah does take the, his, you know, gets to the house and, you know, the poor foster parents are still trying to find Billy and still trying to find Freddie. And, you know, then their kids get, you know, taken by Dr. Savannah and say, give me your powers. And then um, they they have a big fight, which is like the, the third act is kind of a weird thing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is... They the third act in this is is better than most third acts in comic book movies. Because like they escape yeah. into the rock of eternity, and like they try to explore that, which is actually interesting. I want to explore that more. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely yeah, something. Yeah, you see all these doors. They kind of remind me of the doors in uh, Monsters Inc. Yeah. And one of the doors they open up is uh, you see these alligators playing cards, which is a callback to some famous uh, Captain Marvel villains from the Golden Age. Uh, these crocodiles, he was named Sobek, another one was um, Herkimer, uh, and there's a bunch of others. So I would say that's in, 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 I believe in Jeff John's run, they're part of uh, a, a land of talking animals. So hopefully that's where talk, we'll see talking, uh, you know, Tawny the talking tiger. Yay. He's like now, one of my favorite characters in the book. Now, the, the crocodiles are not just crocodiles, they're personification crocodiles. So they kind of behave like crocodile people you know mm-hmm. yeah they stand up on their hind legs and um but yeah that was a really fun scene i wanted to see more of what was behind door number three or door number seven or door number 27 you know 
um, you know, I would have loved that if one of the doors would have opened up to like Harry Potter or, you know, another other Warner Brothers things like CW TV show or something. Yeah, exactly. Or we would find uh, the Justice League sitting around doing something. Yeah, I mean, that would have been fun. I, I think, you know, one of the doors open up and you see like, you know, CW Flash team you know talking to one another and they're like what the hell is that <laughs> and you're like you close the door <laughs> you know because they could just go. be other universes you know and that makes total sense you know freddie would go why does he have a cooler lightning bolt than you <laughs> uh you know one of the doors could lead into the universe that actually has the gambit movie yeah, exactly. Boom! <laughs> Boom, we can see this. <laughs> Burr! <laughs> uh. Or a movie where Dark Phoenix is actually good. Burn! <laughs> okay, anyway. So, they eventually get out. Because apparently Shazam can Shazam back to his universe whenever he wants, which was not explained at all. I was like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you understand how he got back to the universe? No. <laughs> <laughs> he gets back to the, the strip club he tried to go to first, which is yeah. hilarious. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were smart with this. We never see the inside of the strip club. And, you know, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. And, um, again, Dr. Savannah gets them to um, the actual, like, amusement park or, or, or like, a carnival. And it's like, keeps trying to drown Billy. And it doesn't try to kill him because he knows he can't kill him because he will lose the power. Because he turns back to Billy. And um, there was a funny scene where, like, all the kids are like, we have to help him. You know, um, we ha- and we, if they split up, we can figure out how to solve the problem. And like they get split up, and then immediately afterwards, the each demon gets each one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he's like, the only way you could win this is if you know you give me your powers. And then um, cleverly, I I actually did not see this coming. Mm-hmm. Um, the powers of Solomon finally kick in. Billy decides he could, you know, he remembers that he could share his uh, share the power with the staff and trick Savannah, and the kids all get the staff, and then there's like, oh, say my name, and they all say Billy. Billy, yeah, they all grab his staff and scream Billy. Again, another hilarious scene, and then they're like, no, the other power. The other name, and then they say it, and then, uh, and then we have probably Jeff John's uh, best addition to the whole uh, um, Captain Marvel uh, universe, which he, which was originally introduced in Flashpoint. Uh, we get the Shaz- the Shazam family, affectionately called Shazamly. And all of the brothers and sisters are now Suzam powered equally. But each one, uh, and what's funny about it is they figure out how to use their powers a lot faster than Billy did. 
Yeah, and they all look great. I love all the suits here. I, I think they're all... Yeah, all they the... didn't explain it really well, but you could tell. But, like, Darla, she can run fast. She has more super speed than Billy. Pedro probably has more strength. Each one of them, they have the same powers, but each one of them has one power that's better than the others. And I did not think they were going to introduce the Shazam family in this because I thought they would wait until the sequel or something, but it's a convenient way to make it work. <laughs> mm -hmm. It saves the third act. It keeps the third act from... Because, I mean, yeah, as, as awesome as the movie Wonder Woman is, you have to admit it falls apart in the third act. Yeah, I kind of forgot what the third act was. It's Wonder Woman. Oh, I guess yeah. he, she fights... Ares. Yeah. Um, this is a spoiler cast, so get over it. We're going to spoil more than just the movie that, we're, that we want. We're going to spoil everything. <laughs> uh, Dumbledore dies. <laughs> <laughs> the kid was dead all the time in the sixth sense. <laughs> the doctor was dead all the time in the sixth sense, I mean. <laughs> yeah, look, that makes it even weirder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Sosei and <laughs> Unusual Suspects. Anyway, um, so... Just don't let your kids watch that. <laughs> they break the staff, and that way Dr. Savannah can't use it, which uh, my wife and I were like, no, you don't break that. <laughs> That's useful. You could use it on something else. <laughs> you don't know what powers else that could do. <laughs> You yeah, just I know, ruined it. I know. Hey, one of them does. The wisdom of Solomon isn't uh, really functioning very well. His oh. gaming stats for that power are probably at a one or a two. So yeah, they kind of save the. Um, they have a scene where they kind of save the amusement park from being destroyed by the, all the demons, and you know Shazam original Shazam, which now it's getting confusing because there's six of them now, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I would refer to them by their first names now. Uh, Billy, Pedro, Eugene, Darla, Mary. Might make it simpler. Yeah, because they can't really do the color because some of the colors work too, or the same-ish. Yeah, and, and Darla is a, the, the adult actress playing uh, Darla transformed nails it. My favorite bit is when she saves Santa. So yeah, um, we, we'll get to that in a second. So yeah, you go back to the tiger reference you said, where you know you see a little kid scared with her dad, and then you know Shazam, original Shazam says, "Oh, here, here, get this tiger," and it flashes back to the mom. So he steals, so he steals the tiger and hands it to her. Yeah. Oh, we kind of forgot about the whole mom subplot here. Uh, yeah. Let's go over that real quick. Um, mm -hmm. So we, so you know, we get a flashback to when uh, the mom leaves, um, or I guess Freddie leaves the mom. They're at a carnival, and mom's trying to win him a prize, and you know, he drops a marble, I think, or a compass. Mm-hmm. And he tries to find it, and then, so he gets lost in the shuffle of people, 
and she he can't find his mom. And, you know, at this age, I don't know how old he is, but I think it was like five or six or something. Look younger than that. Probably yeah. like three or four. Yeah. And um, we never get, we, we're like, okay, what's going on? And eventually we do get here where they go back where um, one of his, uh, um, what is it? The, which, which one of the kids finds it for him? Eugene. Yeah, Eugene, and, he's the smart one. Um, so he finds out where the mom lives, and Billy goes over there, and the mom is surprised to see Billy, recognizes him, but is not loving or caring. And she is like, well, you know, I remember that, and I saw the police officer, and it gave me a break. I was only 16 at the time, and or 15 17 or something and i didn't know how to be a mom and i thought it would be easier just to let things go which is just a huge shock you know i didn't see that coming at all mm-hmm. yeah that really busts up the trope that you know that a mother loves her kids unconditional blah 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 which anybody who's listened to one true crime podcast knows is total bunk yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, so hopefully you get two parents, hopefully, but, you know, sometimes you have only one, and sometimes it might be, you know, same gender. And then gen- you can tell that her life isn't so good because there's an abusive man yelling at her, like, what are you doing? Get back in here. Uh, yeah, that was, that, that part was played by the director, David F. Samborg. He played the abusive jerk behind the door, yelling at uh, Billy's mom. And like Billy's mom said that, that their dad left, and like they were interest, he was interested in being dad, and she didn't know what to do, but knew that the cops had him, so he'll be okay. Yeah, dad, yeah. Remember this? She said, "Dad, remember, dad was in jail." Yeah. So, um, you know, she was just like, you know, it's a convenient way of just letting go and the cops have him. It's not just a wandering, whatever she did try to get back to him. But once she saw the Mm -hmm. cops had him, he let it go. Um, which again, you kind of say, okay, cops, you need to find out who this mom is and arrest her. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't do a very good job. (laughs) So, um, anyway, yeah. And mom doesn't want anything to do with Billy. And that's, Damn hard to see on screen, and he, Billy and Ashton Angel nails that scene. You know, I feel like they, it it breaks your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he finds her, and it's like no happy ending. You know, I mean, and we also don't know what else is going on in her life. For all we know, behind that door, she's got a bunch of other kids. Yeah, she's not interested. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't know. And And at that point, we don't really care because we're invested in Billy and his journey, and he's just gotten basically kicked in the dick about as hard as you can get. (laughs) Yeah, and I was kind of expecting him to have a Will Smith moment. Um, I don't know if you remember this in in Fresh Prince when... um, Fresh Prince's dad um, comes back and then promises him and then eventually has to leave him again. And then, like, Will Smith has this awesome speech. 
Um, you remember that or no? A little bit, not as detailed as you do. But um, yeah, that Will Smith scene in Fresh Prince was outstanding, and like you know, he's like screaming at him, "I don't need you. I know, I, I, you know, I was fine without you." And like you see the dad, um, what's the dad, um, Phil, come in and give Will a hug, and that's how the scene ends, and it's just like. Will Smith's going to be a great actor. <laughs> and it was, he hit that out of the park. And I was thinking that was going to happen here, but Biddy doesn't do it. He just sucks it up and like, okay, the family I'm with is the family I have. And the family, you know, Freddie is my brother. I like him. You know, the, the parents I have are pretty good. And that's part of the reason he goes back and he tries to help them. And, you know, and he's going to embrace Darla, kind of make up for, saying I'm not your real brother and breaking her heart earlier in the movie. So yeah, all the brothers and sisters, they have personality. They're all likable. They get very, very little screen time, but I do like them. I do think they're good, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And they also did away with, see for decades, Mary and Billy were twins. They did. Uh, they completely did away with that in this, just like uh, Jeff Johns did in the source material. Um, uh, they made Mary Bromfield uh, her own character, her own person. She's not an extension of Billy at all. She's her own character uh, who's about ready to leave the nest and go to college. And um, so we do get the very end um, where, you know, Billy figures out how to get the demon of envy out of Dr. Savannah and, um, is able to defeat it and defeat the rest of the demons and um, get them back into the cave, into their, you know, shell, which is a little bit rushed, but it's fine. Mm -mm. Yeah. That's why this movie got an eight for me instead of a 10. This is little details. Yeah. This was nitpicks that for me took off the score. Uh, it wasn't like some big, thing that was you know dumb or anything it was just little things so yeah you get back to the uh, family and you know they're getting ready to go back to eat dinner with the parents the parents are happy everyone's there and like they have a scene where like they're all putting their hands in together and that billy finally get finally accepts that he's part of this family and like you can see the parents almost about to cry and I was almost about to cry, too, because it was just so sweet, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I was nervous. Darla, don't say Shazam right now. Because <laughs> so, with all yeah. the superpowers they have, they can quickly fix the holes they create with lightning. So I guess it won't be too bad if they say say it in the house. So, yeah, I was wondering, it's like, are they going to tell their parents that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we have superpowers. <laughs> I was like, what happened? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Billy, by the way. And then he gave us some powers, and we broke the staff, and we have this lawyer. lair. <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah. Let's, like, keep this from the parents for now. Uh, so yeah. that's how the movie ends on a pretty sweet, tender note. And you have like this really, oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't end that way. And then you have like a scene back in the. Um... Mm -hmm. Yeah, now we come to the first, uh, we come to what they call a mid credit scene. 
even though it's at the end of the movie. Where you get Billy, uh, where you get Freddie back at school, and like he's like, oh, Shazam's gonna be here, or the hero, which they never name him on, you know, they never give him a name for like the media or whatever. Um, and he's there, and they're like, oh, I brought someone, and then you see Superman. Oh, oh he forgot he did have. They were trying to come up with names for him, like Captain Sparkle Fingers and Thundercrack. Which is a uh, reference to an infamous, awesome porno from the from the sixties. I was I was hoping that they would mention Captain Marvel and just has a wink and a nod to the fans and like so. Nah, we don't want that. That's you know uh, they're not going to because of uh, the. Um, I think they're trying to play nice with Marvel about it. Yeah, I think it would have been fun though if they would have just winked and mm-hmm. nod at the camera, and they're like, "Nah." Oh, I would have loved an in- I would have loved an end scene where they're like looking at a Captain Marvel poster and said, "Dude, you should use that as your name," and then Billy would go, "But that's a girl's name," and yeah. Freddie would go, "It doesn't have to be." That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been a fun nod to it too, or you know, yeah. So. We get Superman, but we don't get to see his face or his head. But it's the same Henry Cavill suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he shows for lunch along with a Shazam. So Freddy's doubly cool now amongst his amongst his peers. Um. So I was I have a joke about that. The reason why we don't see Superman's face is because we didn't see it in IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> And the IMAX screen, they have the full picture. They have 20% and more on the top and the bottom. And you don't get to see that if you watch it in normal, like we did. But if you watch it in IMAX, you get to see it, which is not true. I'm just joking. Yeah. It's like when they had, when the wizard talked about his other champion, Black Adam. It wasn't The Rock. Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson uh, should have taken this part. Should have so, did this movie. Yeah, um, I'm fine with Dr. Savannah here. Um, but, you know. So Mark Long sells it. Uh, yeah, because they, this is right, this is based, this is so close to the original source material. It's kind of like, well, I was worried that it was going to be like Watchmen, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, it knew where to pivot and change things. And, and it's and instead of just showing cut scenes from the source material, actually have a coherent story. Uh, and Mark Strong really sold um, uh, the Doctor, and really sold that he would have these that the uh, Seven Deadly Sins would give him these powers. Yeah, and I think it's fine because you do get the same thing that you always get where the villain has the same powers as as the hero and this way it changes that up and then you could have that for a sequel down the line or something and you know really get you know apparently there's still going to be a black adam movie who knows when that that's going to happen you know but they're going to make black adam into like an anti-hero right yeah well black adam was another auto binder creation but he only um appeared once in the golden age uh 
he didn't appear in the DC comics until DC completely bought the rights to Fawcett's assets. And then they basically gave him a Submariner uh, personality transplant. Because uh, basically he's DC's uh, Namor. So, um, you know, the real reason why we don't get Henry Cavill is because of... They, they did say that they did... I remember seeing interviews where they did want to have him in there. That was the plan. But since they shot it in an actual school, they could only shoot it at certain times. So they couldn't actually get him to come in, which is disappointing. You know, I was hoping there would be a cameo of maybe, you know, Superman yeah, helping man. train mm-hmm. him. Yeah, and, and The Rock should have cameoed too. If he wasn't going to be the main villain from the source material, wasn't going to be Black Adam, who originally was the villain in this story. The way they cut it, it was fine, though. It didn't, it bothered me too much that, like, oh, it's just a little bit annoying, but it's more just like a cute nod that you don't need to see his face. You know it's Superman, you know? Oh, it's like all those old movies where you where the character would meet the president of the United States and you wouldn't see his face. Yeah, so they don't want to draw someone that looks like someone or, or you know, they have generic president name, President Smith. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it does kind of confirm, though, that we're not probably going to see another Henry Cavill movie, Superman, which is sad. I, I, I do like him, and I think he was never given a good shot. You know, he was just given very little in his movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, Ben Affleck both really got the short shrift in the DCU. Uh, but we're going to, I'm going to enjoy him in The Witcher. So there's that. So we get like a, a fun little credit um, credits where like drawings of Shazam doing different adventures or something happen. And that was yeah, really fun. Uh huh. All to the beat of the Ramones. You know, they did the. Ramones song written by Tom Waits, you know, I don't want to grow up. Uh, great vibe, great. I mean, the 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 cartoon sequence really reminded me a lot of Spider Man, uh, far, um, Homecoming, because the set, you know, Ramones. Yeah, so I was and then really surprised to hear a Ramones song in a Shazam movie. We get the mid credit scene. Mm-hmm. With the doctor in his jail cell, and he's trying to come up with, uh, I'm I'm guessing the kids change the combination to how to get into the uh, Rock of Eternity. See, Powers of Solomon kicked in hard with at least one of them. So he's trying to come up, because it looked like he was trying to come up with different combinations to try to get back in. And then he meets he hears a voice talk to him and this voice turns out to be mr mind so i'm excited i'm hoping this sets up a monster society of evil which was the debut of mr mind yeah mr mind being the small little caterpillar that has like this electronics near him to help him amplify his voice and he says oh you know, you think that's the only way to get magic. And, you know, which is a good little kind of um, hook to get, you know, 
and then we get to the credits and then we get to the post credit scene which i thought was really annoying because <laughs> um, i saw yeah, it's, a th- it's a throwaway gag uh from when they were testing superpowers and it's you know trying to see if he can talk to fish like aquaman and it's a uh, you know it's basically uh makes the point that aquaman is cool uh I'm like, duh, the world knows that because this mo- because the Aquaman movies made over a billion dollars. So uh, all those jokes about Aquaman uh, talking to fish and shaking his butt to, to dance music uh, are obsolete now. So, yeah, this scene, I think I remember seeing it in like a trailer or a TV spot. So it's kind of disappointing to be the post-credit scene. Yeah, they should have. They should have swapped the Savannah in jail with this scene. Because, I, I mean, I understand why they took it out of the main movie, because it wasn't necessary. Uh, and the movie was already over two hours long. But uh, put it at the very end, it was kind of like the end stinger on um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. With the ant and the drums. Yeah, ads. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean that scene could have been perfectly fine in the movie. You don't need to cut that out at all. You know. (laughs) But I mean, I understand why they did. But if you're going to put it in the end stinger, don't put it in the ads. So, um, anyway, I was kind of hoping that that post-credit scene was going to have you know, a black Adam and actually have show off Dwayne Johnson in the suit and, you know, say, oh, a hero, the champion is, is, is you know, another champion is around or something and, you know, kind of see him get out of wherever he's in, you know, because I think it's kind of weird Like the comic said that the black Adam is like trapped in another dimension or trapped in deep space or something, or I don't know where he is. Yeah, well, the original comic, when he gets his powers and uses them for bad, uh, the wizard sends him uh, far, far away, and it takes him tens of thousands of years to fly back. So, you know, that would have been, I think that would have been much better to have that as a post credit scene and have, you know, Dwayne Johnson in the Black Autumn costume to finally confirm that rumor that's been around forever. Mm-hmm. And not that this movie is going to go the way of a gambit. Or Flash. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, if just in case you did not listen to the spoiler-free version, uh, Jake, what do you give the score? Uh, eight out of ten. All right, and I'm going a little bit higher, give it a nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, good 3D uh worth it for 3d fanatics but if you're not a big fanatic on 3d a 2d screening of this will be just fine you'll the 3d doesn't add that much to the experience is there any spoilery scenes that the 3d you remember was worth it for or no uh the car the car crash with the family uh it's very worth it uh and then the boardroom the 3D in that is really nice. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's basically it for Shazam. 
Oh, and uh, it, it want to uh, and if your curiosity is piqued by uh, Shazam and you want more, uh, check uh, YouTube and other social media sites and uh, download sites because uh, the Republic serial, The Adventures of Captain Marvel, is a uh, public domain and it is available because uh, um, Shazam was the very first. Uh, comic book superhero to end up on the big screen uh, back in 1941. And a lot of his comic book adventures published in Fawcett Comics are also public domain. So comicbookplus.com, uh, uh, you can uh, download and read online or read online many public domain issues of uh, Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam's adventures. And uh, we'll have a link to that in the uh, in the little info box or whatever that you could get uh, this podcast or wherever you're listening. We'll have a link to that. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, hopefully, you know, the movie is going to make enough money to make a sequel. There's a lot of good press around it. Um, a lot of good reviews. Like right now, I think it's really high up there with reviews. I don't know the percentage right now, top of my head. I think it's like ninety five percent or something. That's um, in the movies. Yeah, it's got really good Rotten Tomatoes reviews, and it had a really strong opening. So, I mean, there's probably going to be a sequel sooner than later. So, um, right now it looks like. The opening weekend is going to be about $53 million, which you haven't gotten the final numbers yet, but expectations are lower, so it's better than expectations. And, um, you know, Shazam has a 91% Rotten Tomato Meter audience score of 90%. Everyone that's seen it loves it, so I think there's going to be fantastic word of mouth. Um, I think there'll be multiple watchings. People want to want to see it again because they laugh so hard. They want to see the jokes again, which I kind of want to do that. Uh -huh, and there's also a lot of details, a lot of little Easter eggs. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie. It's well worth repeat viewing. Oh, one question um, regarding the 3D. Um, toward the end of the movie, there's a scene where they actually grab Shazam's cape. Um, which is kind of funny, like, a, you know, mention it in um, Incredibles. No capes, they could grab them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, Shazam is, like, flying outward. Was he, like, flying outward and popping out of 3D there, or not really? Not really. Aww. They really made the boat on things. It just, I don't know if it was the way it was filmed or the, the way my theater where I was saw it projected it. Because it had all the telltale signs of looking like they turned the bulb down. Yeah, whenever I watched it, it was darkly lit, Another too. told me it was everybody else I talked to seen it. They said it looked murky. It looked dark. So, yeah, I'm thinking that they just, you know, shot the scenes in darker, you know. Uh-huh. Kind of give it more of a Ghostbusters look. Well, Not just... an 80s version. I don't know. The the darker scenes might just be because they didn't want to pay a super amount of money. It's easier to render in darker scenes than it is into brighter scenes, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, CGI and stuff. You don't have to have as much detail. 
So, you know, it's a cheap way of uh, having special effects. If it's darker and people can't see it, then, you know, it doesn't get, people don't question the CG as much kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, before we go, before we go, we've been talking a long time. There's two Captain Marvel movies out. We've both seen them. We both like them. You know, obviously this is Shazam and this is DC. And we saw Captain Marvel with um, with Marvel. Which Captain mm-hmm. Marvel movie do you like more? Uh, I like this one more. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm the first to admit, uh, also... I'm also colored by my uh, my uh, fandom for the Fawcett version of this character. And um, it, <laughs> Captain Marvel, by the way, has a 78% in, in Rotten Tomatoes versus a 91% for Shazam. And, um, you know, let's see who makes more money. You know, it's not being a Marvel fanboy or a DC fanboy or fangirl or not being that. It's not being sexist. I just and, uh, like this three, movie more. Yeah, and the three fans that actually like the MF Enterprise uh, version of Captain Marvel better than these two. Uh, Google that, kids. You'll get a big laugh. MF Enterprise's Captain Marvel. And um, it's kind of funny because I feel like Shazam is more suitable for Marvel, you know, studios movie than Captain Marvel. Well, Captain Marvel was more DC-like because it was more brooding, more darker, serious beginning, you know. Yeah, well, basically, I've always said about Marvel movies, they were smart. They kind of adopted the 60s, kind of almost the auto-binder feel of uh, their for their movies. You know, the humor and the... And and DC should go back and adopt... Because this really had the whimsy, really captured the whole feel of Otto Binder's uh, work on Captain Marvel and Shazam. Like, I feel like this Shazam movie could fit in, like, the Christopher Reeve Superman universe, you know? <laughs> yep, exactly. Like, it doesn't really fit the Snyderverse, you know, at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the first uh, DCEU movie that Snyder had no input into whatsoever. And, like, um, I, I don't, I think he had some input in Aquaman, but I don't know if it was that much, you know. But, yeah, this feels, like, Aquaman still feels like it would fit into that universe, you know, because he was in that universe, you know, um, which the DCEU is basically trash. Not really trash because the it, it just the continuity is broken. I have no idea where Shazam takes place in the timeline of the movies. Yeah, well, now it looks like we have a Justice League that's Aquaman, Wonder Woman, led by Wonder Woman, and has uh, Shazam in it. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of DC references here, so... He definitely knows about Batman and Superman, you know. Yeah, they exist in this world. I mean, they are in the in the same world. I mean, they're because uh, I mean, Superman shows up. Well, his suit does anyway. Hey, for all we know, it's one of the kids said Shazam and put on a 
Halloween costume. Maybe. Um, but the, the, that would have been hilarious if it was Pedro or something. <laughs> uh, you know, we do the faces the kids have um, seeing Superman, which is kind of awesome. You know, oh, you know. So I guess this takes place after Aquaman. <laughs> I guess. Um, Aquaman obviously takes place after Justice League, but they just, it's one line that if you'd missed it, you would have totally not cared, nattered, you know? Yeah. Um, so this feels like what DC should be doing, you know? Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is definitely right track for them. It has heart. It has some serious things in there, but it's really funny and just, a whole lot of entertainment value for your body. Mm, yeah, and some nice uh, uh, chills, too. Uh, and this is right up the alley of, uh, you know, old, you know, twain kids. I mean, older kids aren't going to think this is a baby movie for little kids. Yeah, it does have that good kind of thing where, you know, if you do have, you know, a 12-year-old or 11-year-old, they'll enjoy this a lot. You know, I imagine kids enjoying this a lot, too. It's not, you know, it doesn't baby it too much. It doesn't have it too whitewashed. It's wholesome, but it's still fun, you know. And it's, it's, there's some intense, there are some intense scenes, though, for your kids. And you know your kids, so, you know, under 10, if they're, if they don't like spooky stuff at all, you know, maybe wait until, uh, rent this when they're older. All right. Any last words? Anything else? I think we just about covered it all. And and then some. And then some. We even talked about Captain Marvel versus this. You know, it's not about being sexist. You know, I, I do like Brie Larson and Captain Marvel. Uh, you know... It's not a terrible movie. I think it's a really, really good movie, but I like yeah, this yeah, more. Good. I mean, I, I gave it a 7 out of 10, so. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just, it's fine, you know. You don't have to hate one and, you know, be for one. You, you don't have to be either or. You could enjoy both. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm as ever much a Johnny DC as I am a Marvel zombie, you know. I enjoy them both. Good movies and good content, it, it doesn't matter where it comes from, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't uh, go through life with one hand tied behind your back. Uh, enjoy it all. I can, yeah. Yeah, there's good to... stuff in everywhere. Let's hope some of the other comic book companies come to the big screen. Uh, I mean, there's some great Valiant stuff. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean... I don't have too much hopes for um, Hellboy, but I do want it to succeed. I do want it to be good. I don't. You don't have to be this. You know, um, mm -hmm. what's it? What's the term called? Where like it's either me or you kind of mentality. You know. Yeah, bunker mentality. Us against them, and you know, you don't have. There are no sides in this. This yeah. isn't like those verse villains. Uh, we're all heroes. There's no villains. You know, um, 
Yeah, you, you can enjoy DC movies and you can enjoy Marvel movies and you can enjoy whatever. You know, enjoy the content. You don't have to be, oh, I'm DC only. Oh, I'm only, fi-, you know, oh, come on, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, Grow up. You don't sh- don't show love for something by hating something else. That's not cool. Yeah. You know, I could like Star Trek and Star Wars, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. We need to learn to coexist. All right. I think we're done preaching here. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bye. Bye. All right. Before this podcast ends, I want to give a thank you to my patrons. Right now, we have a one patron, which is David from Spain, and I want to thank you for your financial support. All right. So that's going to be it for this podcast. We now have a Patreon, and the link is in the description. Uh, thanks for watching. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They don't put it everywhere. Just look for us, 3D or 2D. And of course, review us on iTunes. And if you want to write us a letter, um, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. So that's going to be it. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone.